Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. How are you this morning? Good. Awesome. It's a long weekend. It's daylight savings. Some of you like it, some of you don't. <laughs> Those with kids, don't. <laughs> um, but you know what? We can't be complaining. I mean, it's just such a beautiful place we live in. Such a, I mean, we are so, so blessed. So blessed to be with, with the family and with the people and, and, and friends around our lives. And we should be so ever grateful for what we have. Amen? So ever grateful for the fact that we get to wake up in the morning and um, breathe the air that we breathe and just to speak and just the you know the places that we live in we just should be so thankful so 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 thankful so so this morning i'm going to and that clock is correct you guys are on to it of course um i'm we're, we're going to talk on um the gift the spiritual gift of faith this morning and i apologize i don't have anything on the screen this morning i ran out of time but um um I'm going to just, uh, just, just hopefully bring some um, encouragement um, and, um, on what it is, uh, what the, the, the spiritual gift of faith is. And uh, so the outline of the message is simply this, is that first of all, I'm going to explain what the difference is and hopefully explain what the difference is between saving faith and the spiritual gift of faith. And um, so that we can understand what, um, what the difference is, because there is a difference, and uh, it shouldn't be confused. So, first of all, let's just turn to 1 Corinthians, where we've been for the last several weeks. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm just going to read... The verse, the main verse that we're looking at is in verse 9, but we're just going to read before it. Let's, verse 4. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are a variety of services, but the same Lord, and there are a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in one. There are varieties, but one God who empowers it. Amen? And to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What's it for? The common good. What are the spiritual gifts for? The common good. The edification of the church. We've been learning that. We understand that. Right? To each is given. Uh, very, very simply put is that each is given a spiritual gift for the main one purpose of edification of the church and the advancement of the gospel through the church to do the will of God. And not everybody has the same gift, but it's God's will who apportions it. And as we see, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for to one is given through the Spirit of the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the Spirit, to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one 
and the same Spirit, who are portions to each one individually as He wills. Amen? It's very simply put like this. God chooses who He gives spiritual gifts to. To one, He may give this spiritual gift. To one, He may give this one. To one, He may give this one. And it goes on, and it's all for the common good, for the edification of the church, advancement of the gospel, in the glory of His name. So looking at this morning, verse 9, specifically the gift of faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning for Your Word. It's powerful. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It pierces our hearts. It teaches us about you. It shows us our sin. It shows us your glory. It, it, it's, it should cause us to marvel at who you are and cause us to act in our faith. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would use me as a vessel to, 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 to share your word and to, and to deliver it in such a way that it is clear and concise. I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, the gift of faith. So, what is the difference? What is saving faith? So, we're gonna, I'm going to try and illustrate this, um, illustrate this for you. So, faith versus the gift of faith. Now, we know that faith is... Um, in Hebrews 11, I'm just going to really quickly turn there. And again, sorry for the no, for there not being any um, anything up on the screen. But now faith is the assurance, verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 1 of Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. It's a very clear outline of what faith is. Now, now you know what? This is the thing. So people. Every single person, and I'm really echoing, is that normal? Maybe there needs to be more seats filled this morning, people sleeping in um, or holidaying. But faith, faith is, so many people and people all around the world have hope in something. We're not mechanical robots. We're not, we're not, we don't just live by instinct. We're not animals. We're distinct from animals. We don't come from apes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> we are created by God in His image. And we, we have this inner sense of, of, of hope and, 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 and desire. And, and we, we yearn for things. And I mean, this is humanity in general. We, 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 we look for something greater than ourselves. Um, Great businessmen and women always out in the world are looking for something greater, to, to accomplish something bigger than yourself, to be able to make a difference in the world in some way or another. We're not animals that live by instinct. We have a, greater, a great thing inside of us that, 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 that yearns and hopes for something. And, and, and then there are some people who really have faith in certain things. And, and, and um, some people have faith and, and trust in, in money, in their businesses. Some people have faith and, and trust in, 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 in who they are, their identity. 
But the difference, the fundamental difference between us and, 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 and non-Christians, Christians and non-Christians, is simply this. The object of our faith. The object of our faith, namely Jesus Christ. We place our faith and our trust and our hope in Jesus Christ. We don't place our faith in our money. We don't place our faith in, 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 in the things of the world. But we place our faith in Jesus Christ. And this great thing that happens in, the, in our hearts when, when we hear the good news of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us on the cross and his substitutionary um, um, atonement that happened on the cross, what happens and when we hear this, faith ignites in our hearts because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This kind of faith is what's called saving faith. And if you're a Christian in this place, you have this faith. You have this faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And whoever wants to draw near will draw near in faith to Christ. So what happens is then we are open to the beauty of the good news. Our heart is open to this magnificent Christ, and then we place our faith in Him. That is supernatural. That very, that very fact of our faith being placed on Christ and us trusting Him with our life cannot be done by human effort and by human work, and we all know that. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. A person in the world that they can try and muster up as much as possible to try and put their own faith in God, but it cannot happen unless God enables him to be able to do that. We know this by this. We know that it, in Romans it says this, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. God. That was Romans 8, 7, 8. The person in the flesh cannot because they don't have faith in God. And if we do not have this faith, we cannot please God because it is by faith that we please God. Amen? Are you with me this morning? Christ is the object of our faith. Look at this story. Suppose, I'm just going to read a quick little story. Suppose someone asks you to ride in his single engine plane. You politely decline. 
Why? Well, you've heard that the plane has a history of mechanical problems and you don't have confidence in the safety of this plane. The pilot, though, assures you that he fearlessly entrusts his life to it whenever he flies. There's no problem. But you still decline. A few weeks later, you find out the plane crashed. An investigation shows that the engine was faulty. The pilot had strong faith in the, pl in the plane, but it was faith in a faulty object. We don't place our faith in a faulty object when we place our faith in Christ. He's never changing. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the creator of life. The creator of the world, of the universe. The one who places stars in the universe. The one who spoke things into existence. He is God. And when we put our faith in Him, it's unshakable. It's unshakable. But this is the thing about faith. This is the beauty about faith. That it's not just a mental assent to something. It's not just a theological idea. When we have faith in Christ... When we have faith in Christ, it will cause us to act differently, to think differently, to live differently, because faith without works is dead. James says that the faith, if it doesn't produce a life that is different to the world, if it doesn't produce thinking that is different to the world, if it doesn't produce actions, a lifestyle that is radically different to the world, it is dead faith. And dead faith is simply faith that is put on something that is faulty, something that is earthly, something that will rust and burn away at the end of time. But our faith is placed in Jesus Christ. And when we do that, what happens is we trust it. So what happens when trust and faith is, is different? I, I, for example, I know uh, uh, that this is a stool that is meant to have someone on it. I might, I, I might, I might understand it. I might uh, understand the fact that it was designed for it. And have faith that, yes, that is, an, that, that is something that can hold someone. But when I sit on it, I can trust that it holds my weight. I can, I'm trusting on the fact that, you know what, it can hold my weight. I've actually put myself on it. I'm trusting it. Do you have the faith that you can then put your whole trust in Jesus Christ. Your whole life, you live for Him. You love Him. And, 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 and that is, your life changes. It causes you to act in such a way that is different. Many of us, I mean, we, we, we do life every day. And not all of us do life the right way. The perfect way. And, and, you know, we're human beings living in a futile world in this flesh. 
that lives in this world, we're not of it, but we're still in it. And we get influenced every now and then by the world, and, and it's true, I mean, all the time. But may our faith completely rest on Christ, that we can trust Him, we can, we can, we can be in and with Him, and trust Him with our lives, our finances, our everything that we do in our life. That is faith, and that is what every single Christian has. If you're in Christ, you have faith in Christ. Every Christian has that. That's the difference between saving faith and this. The wonderful, amazing, supernatural, spiritual gift of faith. And that is, in verse, verse 9, it just very briefly says that as he goes on, it says, to another this, to another this, and to another faith by the same Spirit. This faith, this faith is special faith in a sense that it is an enablement or a manifestation of faith from the Holy Spirit. It is supernatural, an endowment of faith from the Spirit at a specific time, for a specific purpose, and it's absolutely wonderful. It's not just faith in God, it's faith from God. When the Spirit impregnates us with the gift of faith, we are enabled by the Holy Spirit to operate in the realm of the miraculous. I really do believe in the fact that us as Christians can and should and will be um, um, enabled by the Holy Spirit to do supernatural things. To work in the miraculous. To do the things that, 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 that we see in Acts as the, as the apostles did. As Jesus did. I do wholeheartedly believe that us as Christians should and can work in the miraculous. And in all the other gifts as well, if we lack a gift, we can ask the Holy Spirit. We can. The gift of faith doesn't always operate all the time. And not always, and not every Christian has it. Do you have to have it in order to be saved? No. Because the difference is that it's not saving faith, it is a spiritual gift of faith. What happens, it's an example, here's an example of people in the Bible that exercised the gift of faith in their lives that produced the miraculous. Ready? Just real quickly. Uh, Joshua commanding the sun to stand still. Has anyone else in this world ever commanded the sun to stand still? That's crazy. That happened. This is real. Right? Noah, when he built the ark, even despite the fact that there was no rain, he had this, this, this incredible faith to believe what God had said. Elijah, commanding the rain to stop falling. Sometimes, you know, I mean, the weather is such a topic of our conversations nowadays. How often do we think, oh man, the rain's coming. God, I just pray that the rain will stop. Like, 
How often does that happen? Uh, Peter, raising Tabitha from the, de- from the dead. Peter was preaching in Joppa and, and, and Tabitha became sick and died. Um, there's, so many, I'm, uh, there's so many examples. I mean, you know them. Um, but by the gift of faith, we were enabled to operate in the realm of the miraculous, to see God intervene in and over the normal natural laws of the created order and, and it just goes beyond science because it's God that does it, not us. We so must understand that in every spiritual gift, when we operate in the gift of healing, when we operate in the gift of tongues, when we operate in the gift of the prophetic, it's not us, it's God. Amen? The Holy Spirit. I remember this, this time, I don't know if they're... Here, I'm looking around. Um, this couple, couple from the church, I don't think they're here, but I remember when they came up to me, uh, when I was working in the office, they came up to me in just this, this distress. He had just been diagnosed with cancer. And, and I was there in the office, I think I was the only one in the office, and, um, and they asked if we could, I could pray. And of course, I said Yes. I said, let's, let's pray. I want to pray. And, 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 and it's, it's like, I will never forget this. But I remember praying and asking God, asking God to, to take the cancer away. And obviously, you know, there, you know, it was all quite an emotional time. And a week later, they came back with tears, but these were different tears. They were tears of joy because they had come back with a report there was no more cancer. I remember feeling so inadequate at the time, but I know from, from my understanding from the report, I mean, I didn't see the report with my eyes or anything, but the report was that they had come back cancer-free. I had prayed, I laid my hands on them, and, and, and he came back with a report, it was cancer-free. That, I remember at the time, I had this, it was like a, as I can explain it, a gift of faith or a gift of healing for that time. It was God, and God gets the glory. We see and hear so many stories of the miraculous happening all the time, and it's wonderful. And it's, and, it's, and it's real. Um, it, is, it is a gift of faith. It is one of the gifts of demonstration, just like healing and working in the miraculous. And it's wonderful. And hear this. We're to obey the command of Scripture and earnestly ask God for the gifts that we lack. Why? Because He's generous. And he loves to give us everything we need so that we can abound in every good work. It edifies the church and advances his purpose. Amen? But I want to give a bit of a parenthesis, sort of. (laughs) This is so very important for us to understand. And it becomes, it becomes not good, it's wrong, I believe, 
that what when, when, when we focus so much so on the miraculous that we take our eyes off Jesus. I don't believe we should ever chase after miracles. I don't believe we should ever chase after the miraculous. I believe we follow Jesus and the miraculous follows us. Amen? Because too often we get it the wrong way around. And what happens, we get so passionate and so zealous about things happening in, the, in this world and, and healings and the miraculous that we take our eyes off Jesus, who is the miraculous maker, if that makes sense. Because when we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we are focused on Him and we're following Christ, then I, I would say that the miraculous will follow us. Because you know what happened? Jesus never took his eyes off the Father. In fact, he never did anything unless the Father, what, what the Father told him. He wasn't the one chasing after the miracle. He was, he was, he was after the heart of God, despite of what happened to him. The apostles, the disciples, they never took their eyes off Jesus. In fact, you know, as they were walking, the shadow was the one that was healing I don't follow my shadow, the shadow follows me. <laughs> Amen? We follow Christ. And yes, maybe sometimes, and it should, the miraculous happens. But here's the question, and I want to bring this a balance because I believe in this, that there's always a balance in the scriptures. Because this is what happens often, us as humans, we're so innate to make something the object of our affection other than Christ. And often, I mean, we're called to love our family. We're called to love our children. But the Bible says that if we love our family, if I love my wife more than I love Christ, she becomes an idol. If we love the miraculous, if we love the gifts, if we love all these things, which are so good, please hear me. They are so a necessity. In fact, Paul says to desire spiritual gifts. But he's not saying that over desiring God. Otherwise, it would contradict Scripture. Amen? We have this thing that we tend to do as humans is make things that, that, that are tangible our God or make things that, that, that are blessings our idol. We are wired like this. It's iniquity in us. But God is calling us to keep our eyes focused on Him and then He will use us as vessels of honor to His name and that can come and it will come through the miraculous gifts and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to edify people, to bless people and glorify God. And this is the thing. Jesus didn't just come as a miracle worker. He used miracles to point to the fact that he was God. I want to show you something very important. This is in Acts 2 verse 22. It says this, Men of Israel, heed these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs. He was attested by God. I'll read it in the New Living Translation. Easier to understand. Here it goes. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, 
by doing powerful miracles, wonders and signs. The miracles and the signs and wonders were not the end. They were a means to an end to point to Jesus Christ, to point others to him. And to point to the fact that he was the Messiah because they didn't believe in him. They didn't believe. In fact, they were saying that he was blasphemous. How can anyone say that they're God? How can anyone forgive sin? Jesus, Jesus looked at the paralytic that came down and saw his faith and said, What? The obvious thing is, you're paralyzed. You need to be healed. Be healed. You know what he said before that, before he healed him? He said this. Your sins are forgiven you. Because he saw the greater need was that for his soul to be healed rather than his physical condition. That is the primary purpose that Jesus came on earth to save sinners from their sin. And in demonstration, he used signs and wonders to prove that he was the one who was, he was saying he was. He was proving the fact that he was God and he was going to save the world. And all who place their faith on him will come into an everlasting life with him. And that is the greatest, 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 greatest miracle ever is when we see people come to Jesus Christ. And may that, may that be such a desire in our hearts. Now, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. Here's a question. Well, here's a statement, again, from Paul. He says this, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. We're not to leave them aside, as some people do. We're not to say that they have ceased, as some people do, and, 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 and rob themselves of what God is wanting to do in their lives and in and through other people. But the Spirit who also, the inspiration, the Spirit who inspired these verses also said, in this world, you, ha- you will have tribulation. But take heart, Jesus said this, I have overcome the world. It says here in John 5.14, Is anyone among you sick? Let him ask for the elders and pray over him. And the prayer of faith, I believe that is the faith, the prayer of faith, the spiritual faith, will save the one who is sick. Romans 8.18 says this, For I consider, Paul is saying, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed in us. What is he saying? What is this? Here's my question. Here's my question. And I'm going to close with this. What if what we're asking, when we ask God for some miraculous healing, what if it never comes? We do one or two things. Mainly what we do is we say, there's not enough faith. I don't have enough faith. I mustn't, I mustn't be worthy to be used by God in this way. I mean, I've hear, I hear so many testimonies. I hear so many stories, of wonderful stories of even just ordinary people that get used by God. And here I am. I'm praying here. I'm praying for my wife. I'm praying for my children. And I'm praying for their sickness to leave. But God, why isn't it that you're not coming through? So what we do is we blame ourselves, number one. Usually we're like, you know, I don't have enough faith. Well, what's something wrong with me? Maybe I have sin in my life. Or number two is, God, why have you abandoned me? God, why don't you love me? And we blame God. 
They're two very dangerous places to be. This is the one thing I want you really to hear, is this. We serve a mighty God, a big God. As Rachel said, he sits on the throne. You know what that means? It means that God is sovereign. And it means this. That sometimes we may be asking something, but he knows. He knows because he's sovereign. Why he may have not answered that prayer there and then? Can we never forget the fact that God is sovereign? Please? It will help you. It'll help you. Because, you know, often we love God. We love God for, for what he can do for us. We love God for the blessings. We love God for all these things. And we love God. We genuinely do. But what if I say to my wife, I go up to my wife and I say, I love you because you cook me dinner every night. <laughs> I love you because of what you can do for me. And I love you because you love my children. I love you because, you know, you make the bed in the morning. I love you because my, my, my clothes are ironed. I love you because... Is that right? I don't love my wife for what she can do for me, but I love her for who she is. I don't just love her because she blesses me with these things, but I love her in spite of these things because the object of my love for her isn't the fact that she feeds me although I do love food but you know what when she doesn't cook for me I still love her when God doesn't come through with the goods perhaps do we complain do we blame ourselves or do we say God you've abandoned me no God is sovereign he has a greater plan listen to this God does not just bring us through suffering, but he also works in our suffering. Can we understand that? Because often what happens in life is we expect God, and we should, to heal, to respond to our prayer, and he will. Please understand, I'm not negating this. I'm bringing a balance to the fact that if, Something happens when you, or if something doesn't happen when you expect it to, don't blame yourself and don't blame God. Because God may be using this suffering to work in you. What would he not be able to, what am I saying? That, 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 That you would not have been able to work in you without it happening. English is my second language. And that's the truth. And I'm concluding. These realities are why it's utterly, utterly important to find our hope in Jesus Christ himself rather than any healing or circumstances, however good. My faith is in him and him alone. Amen. I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. I want me, I want my family to fix your eyes on Jesus and know that our God is sovereign. Our God is is omniscient, he's all-knowing, and he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. I know he can heal like that. I know my God can heal just like that because he's omnipotent. That's one of his characters.
but he's also omniscient. He's all-knowing. And if we can understand and give the balance of the fact of this, God works in miraculous ways. But let's also praise and worship God even though we do not see results. Because he's the one that sits on the throne. And he doesn't just bring us through the suffering, but he also works in our suffering. Paul, when he was, he had the messenger of Satan, and this thing called the thorn in the flesh, whatever they may be, it could be a physical animal or whatever it might be, he prayed three times and asked and pleaded with God to take this away from me. Paul! Paul! Now some say, well, maybe he just didn't have enough faith. Are you serious? It's Paul. He had so much faith in Christ. But God did not grant him his request because he knew that he needed this so that he could rely on Christ so that he could not take his eyes off Christ because if he did, he would not have been able to write that New Testament pretty much. God is a jealous God and he wants you to fix your eyes on him, to fix your faith on him, to be able to just be able to just to place your life on him, to trust him with your life, to be able to just be there with him. And that's what he wants. And too much is of, of our uh, human affections are placed on objects, are placed on things, and placed on, on, on successes, and placed on, on prosperity. That is not the goal of life. The goal of life is that we may worship our King, and that we may glorify our King, and that we may see, uh, to, to do whatever we need to do to bring people to see this glorious Savior. And He will... Hear me? He will sometimes use miraculous things in order for people's eyes to open to see that, wow, your God is real. So let us pray that we, if we lack faith, this faith for the miraculous, that we pray and ask God to give us this wonderful, wonderful spiritual gift. If we lack a gift, that God, that we will just ask our awesome Father who grants, who will grant us this. But hear this. When when, when, when for some reason, I mean, now God is so big and my, our mind is so, so small. When things don't happen the way we think and expect them to happen, don't blame yourself that you do not have this faith and don't blame God that He doesn't love you because He does. Amen? He loves you. He loves you so much so that He will allow suffering in your life so that you can rely on him. And that is grace, my friend. That is grace. It's grace. It's a beautiful grace. We may not understand it, but it's grace. Let's conclude. I've been concluding for the last 10 minutes. That's, that's a typical preach, preacher. Okay. All right. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Let's pray. Father... We thank you so much. How about you stand with me and I just ask the band to come as we pray. Stand with me, I want you to pray. Oh God. Oh God, we love you so much. Oh Lord, Lord, we just, we just humble ourselves before you right now, knowing that you love us. You sent your son
to die on the cross, to be our substitute, so that we wouldn't have to pay the, the, the penalty for our sin. That is great, great, great love. You demonstrated that on the cross. And we are so forever grateful. We love you for who you are, not for what you can give us. And we know that there are promises, there are beautiful promises that you have given your children. And that you give us blessings in this life. Yes, you do. But God, we don't love you for those things. Because you're the one that who gives and you're the one who takes away. And we know that you're omnipotent. We know that you're omniscient. We know that you are sovereign God. And we worship you, God, Abba Father. We thank you. So as children, you have called us to ask. So we ask. If we lack things, we ask for spiritual gifts that we lack. If some of us lack faith, God, that you would grant us faith for certain circumstances. Lord God, Lord, for those who lack boldness, to give us boldness to preach the gospel, to, to, to demonstrate the gospel to others. If we lack compassion, God, that you would give us compassion to give more compassion to people. God, if, if there are some of us who, lack, who, who are lacking in love, that you would help us to love others as you've called us to. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father. I pray right across this building, Father God, for anyone who doesn't know you, Jesus, that you have opened their hearts, that you would open their hearts to hearing the wonderful news of Christ, the fact that he died on the cross, substituted himself in your place, that you wouldn't have to die for your own sins. God, that you would do such a work in these people's hearts. If there's anyone in here right now who's not a Christian and you want to give your life, trust, put your faith in him, please put your hand up so I can see it, so I can come and pray for you. If there's anyone in this building right now, you want to place your faith in Christ, trust him with your life. Give yourself to him. If there's anyone in here, anyone, we're all saved. We're all saved in this place. We all have faith in him. We will trust him with our lives. That's something to glorify God about. Amen. Can we sing a song? Is that cool? We'll sing a song and then, and then you, sh you can be released. Thanks for coming this morning. I hope you're blessed. Um, and uh, have a great rest of the long weekend.